because it's fun. It's fun to do bad things. 24-7 Comedy Radio. I want to do horror stuff with my friend. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon, America's leading online retailer. Log on to SeanTGreen.com and click the Amazon logo to support The Green Room. Live from Silver Lake, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green! All right, everyone, welcome to the Green Room Comedy Podcast. We're doing it live here on SeanTGreen.com, presented by 24-7 Comedy. I'd like to welcome on my left-hand man, Mr. Logan Lysico. Logan, what's shaking, brother? Shamalama ding-dong, Sean. I like it. You, uh, I always appreciate how you take a sh- <laughs> I, I don't know if it's the podcast schedule, but you always come in fresh and showered. I like that about you, Logan. I lo- it's, it's a podcast, but I, I appreciate your Wakes commitment. Wakes me up, gets me, you know, I don't know, gets the blood flowing. <laughs> I just <laughs> got a date after this, so. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? All oh, right. Well, I'd like to welcome on our uh, guest before uh, before you're like, who is that? The voice of God? Close, guys. It's uh, the voice of comedian <laughs> Ron Babcock. Ron, thanks for coming on the program, man. Always a pleasure. Sean. Comedy's Ron Babcock. Now, I, uh, we'll get we'll get to the, the life and times of Ron here in a second, but Logan, hot date. Hot uh, date. Uh, give, oh. us a little, uh, give us a little backstory. Yeah, is this from right. OkCupid? This is juicy, guys. Yeah. I met her on a website called nice. Plenty of Fish. <laughs> her pictures look pretty cute, and talked to her on the phone one time, and she sounds pretty normal. Now I, I've yeah, I maybe gone on like one online date, and uh, it was just that we met in Pasadena, played shuffleboard. It was pretty awkward, and that was it. Now Logan, give it, give it, <laughs> give a little advice for guys trying to get into online dating. How did you, uh, how did you hook this fish, as it were? Uh, well, I signed up for Plenty of Fish. I think that's. A pretty popular site. One of our other friends. Basically, you're saying I had an email address. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really do anything. <laughs> That's why I don't have any advice. That's no, why but I'm, I'm saying like, what was your what was your opening line? How do you get the conversation started? Yeah, did she chip? contact you or did you contact her? You know, honestly, she's been stringing me along so long, saying like, oh, oh, I can't. She's been baiting it. that. I'm hook. busy. Uh, so I totally forgot. <laughs> I don't remember. I think she contacted me. What do you? And she was the first girl that was cute. What are you gonna? <laughs> um, what are you gonna do uh, for your date tonight? Now we're just meeting up at the Griffin. So if you guys want to see me live, <laughs> Griffin is a, for I'll those of you who haven't Griffin. been. The Griffin is a fancy pants bar. They have no, a dress code. Whatever. Yeah, they have they have archways <laughs> made out of brick. I mean, this, is a, this is a fancy place. It's, it's yeah. A, well, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna dress nice. This it's a bar, but it's a it's a nice bar. It's a it's a. I would say it's a good place to go for a first date. Try and impress the gal. Uh, any uh, any pre date strategy going in, Logan? No, this is the meet and greet. Well, this is where we meet each other. You're not really. gonna wear those shorts, are you? No, I'm I'm wearing my radio gear now. I'm putting on <laughs> some nice jeans. He's got and, his mesh shorts. Hey, and, uh, you yeah. know what I work with? I found out I did OK Cupid. I went on like one date because I couldn't really find anyone. But you know what I found out with my my shit works? Yeah. Is um Ron, Ron was pointing to his face. Yeah, sorry. Uh, pointing <laughs> my face uh, is uh, meek Asian girls from UCLA. Now what is they that? are buying what I'm selling. <laughs> I got so many messages, and they were always like, kind of polite, like they're asking me for like a job interview. They're like, "Hello, like yeah. you seem very nice. I would like to meet you. Maybe we could get food." They're like, I don't know what it is about my face, but like, yeah, it's adorable, Ron. Now what? Um, I don't know why they find me charming. Did so. you did you end up going out with any of these? Chicks? No, no, I only went out with uh, I went out with two, and the one I thought I comp- I thought I. It, she contacted me, and I thought I was, like, being so charming. I was like, hey, uh, you know, she's like, you want to hang out? I was like, yeah, why don't we go uh, hit golf balls? And then I was like <laughs> – No, you're not a golfer, right? No, and then I was like, you know, Ron, P.S., I don't know how to golf. And I thought I was going to be the most, like, charming, fun, like, <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. And we got there. We went to Koreatown <laughs> where it was, like – I was – we were the only white people there hitting golf balls over this parking garage, and I, I quickly found out in the first two minutes, like, oh, she was not into this idea <laughs> whatsoever. So then I'm like, let's go to this beer garden down the street. And so we went to this beer garden that was named Beer Garden, and you walk in, and it was just like this crappy bar in Koreatown. There's no garden. <laughs> no. There was nothing. like a little beer, but it was like – I'm like, don't you guys have a garden here? He's like, no, we just called it Beer Garden. <laughs> 
And so by that point, I'm like, I'm so sorry. And it, it, garden, it, it didn't go well. The word garden adds that Asian flair, you know, we're in Koreatown. <laughs> I know. I, yeah. I, I, I went they on put a, spring or garden on all of their titles. It just sounds it, nice. I, uh, good luck to you, Logan. I hope it works out. But I, I was not successful with it. I had to meet a girl the good old-fashioned way. Now, well, how like did, I how said, did you, she's uh, flaky, so we'll see. You know, now you got you got a girlfriend now. I got a girlfriend. What's the uh, yeah. what's the old fashioned way for uh, people not in the know? old fashioned way is meeting her at a comedy show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that applies you, to everyone in America. Now you, you say that with a bit of uh, kind of reservation. Have you? You know, you're a performer. Um, obviously, you've met girls through that. Do you have any hesitation meeting a girl at a comedy show? Because there's this, always this weird thing of like, oh, hey, I'm a performer or take us through. I mean, I think I think it's weird. But I thought about it the one day. The last few girls I've dated, I have met like through the world of comedy, mostly at shows, because that's the only place I hang out. Yeah, like, that's rarely do I just go out to a bar just to have fun. If the bar has a comedy show that I'm either performing on or trying to get booked on i'll go out to it so i can't remember the last time i've just met a girl outside the world of comedy well and it's weird because there is kind of this incestuous scene of just like there are girls who go to comedy shows some of them are performers some hey man if you're if you're a four in real life you go to a comedy show (laughs) all of a sudden you're a 7.5 yes like you will get so much attention from desperate comedians Right, and there's the the chicks who do it with like the Dungeons and Dragons thing, like, oh, hey, I'm gonna go hang out. But the comedy's a little step up, like in the sense that, okay, you get to go out, you're hanging out, you're drinking, you're laughing. A guy is on stage; it feels like he's someone. Well, it's. I mean, I feel like it's easy to meet a girl after a comedy show, especially if you perform, because you're. They already know about you, so you're right. not. It's not like this. Like you're not like cold calling. Like you know, I remember. Like meeting girls after shows, just going like, "Hey, did you enjoy the show?" And that was you. You automatically had something to talk about. You could talk about how much you liked it, how much you hated it, and then there's a certain sense that they feel you like make fun of the other comedians. Yeah, that's always a good. And they out. they already know where you're coming from. Like it's it, you know, for me, it was just a way of of being able to talk to a girl and, and not feel like weird about it. Cause I could always be like, I'm just talking to her about the show. I'm not right. hitting just, on her. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. There is that kind of safety net of like, Hey, I'm not a creepy guy. I mean, we are, I mean, I'm a creepy guy, but yeah, I mean, yeah we're guys. I can we're, fool myself for a little bit. And it, I think most of the dating ritual is just trying to convince girls. We're not as creepy as we actually are. I mean, we like, <laughs> but oh. they know we are. They, they want to, they want to be lied to. That's right. Yeah, they want to, they want to have exactly what it is. They want to, they want to have the facility. Side. Yeah. We're taking them out How to dinner because this we're, we're taking them out to dinner. Why? Because we want to do creepy things to them. But, but we want to we want to seem yeah. like oh hey conversation. How That's many my brothers game. and sisters do you have? <laughs> now tell me. I want to know. Oh, I I think one of my um, douchiest moments in uh, in like hanging out with chicks or trying to trying to get girls is uh, I caught myself saying this at one point. Oh yeah, techno. I love techno. <laughs> There's, there's nothing I could hate more in the world than techno. I despise techno. I hate the, the genre. I hate the quote-unquote instruments. I hate the people that enjoy it. I hate the entire culture. There's nothing I enjoy about techno, Ron. That made, and, that made her like you that much more, though, right? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if it uh, – I don't think it worked, to be See, honest. See, I'm now the type of guy like where I'm much more – See, I'm much more opposite where when someone says like a movie, I'll be like that you know brings up whatever – uh, like 500 days of summer and i will be like i hate 500 days of summer yeah because i find that that's you know, like yeah. all of a sudden you just like have your little camps and then you defend your positions and you basically and somewhere along the line that, that leads to romance somehow yeah and it's uh it's one of those things too like i've uh you know now as i get older and understand the flirting game a little bit more but it like kind of busting each other's balls is yeah it's it sounds like a weird uh weird analogy there but like oh you you start teasing her about oh you like this guy blah 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 like i remember talking to a chick uh recently and she likes the patriots or you know she's she was actually in a football so we we're talking about football and then i was making fun of her team and this and that but then it's kind of a double-edged sword when you start playing around, or especially if you're doing it on texting, like busting each other's chops. There'll be moments, like she was making fun of me because the Eagles lost, and I was like getting ready to type like, hey, F you, bitch. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I'm actually a- legitimately passionate about this. All right? Me joking that you have a crush on Tom Brady, that's funny. But when you make fun of the Eagles for losing, you're getting me riled up over here. And so then I'm like, oh, wait, remember, this is flirting. Pretend like the Eagles don't make or break your life. My, uh, my girlfriend's mom is really 
really into football, and she's a huge <laughs> Raiders fan. Really? And I quickly learned, like, that same exact lesson when I was like, listen, I'm usually uh, – I'm like, what, what's your team? And she's like, the Raiders. And I was like, yeah, I'm not usually fans of losers, so oh, I don't wow. – and, and, man, did she – I had to dig myself out of that one. Like she was oh. really pissed off. She's a so what huge do you do, like uh, break a bottle and then like stab you with it. I'm just I'm just going off. <laughs> previous know, Raiders she like fans had that like you know that where that mom smile face turns into that mom like <laughs> they won't they won't frown but they'll like grit the back of their teeth. Yeah, you know? they're like I'm being nice. You see the fire of, in her eyes. Yeah, and now was, where does where does a mom? Uh, I mean, obviously she must be from L.A. or from Oakland. No, I think I think yeah, I think she's like her family is from there, so that's how like she got sucked into Raider Nation. Yeah, I mean she's really big into the Raiders, which I like. When I I've seen I didn't, when I was up in San Francisco, like when we flew in, we had to take the Bart over from Oakland. We stopped outside this like like one stop, and I remember looking up and I saw a bunch of people coming out, and I honestly had the thought, oh my god, that's so crazy that all those people are going into that prison. <laughs> <laughs> and people were like, dude, that's the Oakland Raiders stadium. Yes. Like, exactly. Oakland to me looks like a town that just manufactures dirt. Like, yeah. it's it's just a dirty, dirty <laughs> place. Like, there's uh, one part of it that's nice, that little lake part. But everything around it, I'm just like, what well, right. it's basically happened here? Oakland is a pile of crap, and then they have MC Hammer's former mansion. Like, that's that's yeah. basically the highlight of Oakland. Uh, no, I mean, the Oakland Raiders, they're 4-2. They're, they're having kind of a, a rejuvenated season. Then they lost... Jason Campbell, their quarterback, broke his collarbone. He's out, and then they ended up trading the Bengals for Carson Palmer, and they gave up way too many picks. It was it was kind of a crazy trade. How's, how's your Eagles doing? My Eagles, they're not doing well. They're, now they're two and four. Oh so they boy! Kind of, they were they were doing awful. They were one and four. Um, awful season for the Eagles. People were getting out signs for Andy Reid's head. His uh, giant fat head. So it's it was not it's not been a great start to the season. I uh, I knew the season was in trouble and just in general Philly sports. When my mom texts me before the game, I really hope the Eagles win. <laughs> and my mom is not a fan at oh, all. Man. She's just a fan of having me, my brother, and my dad happy. <laughs> what um how how the Bengals doing? How, how's my team? My you're, team that I don't follow. The Cincinnati Bengals. They're actually off to a great start as well. They're four and two. They got a son of a gun. They got a rookie quarterback, Andy Dalton, who's been uh, leading them along. They got a good defense, and uh, we're gonna yeah, do it this good, year. Man. I I only like them because uh, when I was a kid, uh, they were playing the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Yep. And uh, I I like their helmets. Yeah, He's speaking like a real chick. Ron. Super Bowl was the biggest time for me because uh, that was the day that my parents went out and got me a bag of Doritos. Yeah. So I would look forward to those, that Doritos bag all year long. Now, uh, did you grow up in a household where treats were rationed yeah. like that? Uh, my mom's a nutritionist. Oh, so, God. That must um, have been awful. Well, no, I'm the youngest of five, so by the time I came around, uh, they kind of gave up on parenting. So soda was around in the house. Oh, nice. You could get the occasional candy bar. But we were definitely not – like, chips is where the line was drawn, and I love Doritos. I Who mean, doesn't, man? All right? Um, so good. Now, that's funny because you're talking about a nutrition, uh, growing up as a nutrition – or your mom Oh, was man, a I feel a, a Sean Green segue coming on. You feel it, and it's coming. I saw that you – you recently did an interview with KCET about the midnight snack. You want to give us a little? Um... I did. I, uh, I was just talking to a friend about this. Uh, KCET does this midnight snack article where they interview people who work, like uh, work jobs where you know y- you have to eat late at night, and they interview them out like where places people go for late night food. And my place I always go to is Cactus Tacos on Vine, south of Santa Monica. Great little place. I ate there today. I had the super nachos. I ate all of it, and I felt disgusting. <laughs> as, as one would. They actually have the uh, – I've had the California burrito there where they actually put fries in the burrito. I was thinking – you know what? Some guy ordered the California burrito. I've never had it, and I looked closely at the menu, and I was like, oh, they put fries in that. That yeah, sounds and delicious. It was good. The only thing I've, I've – uh, like anyone in L.A., you eat a lot of Mexican. The only thing I haven't really been brave enough to grow a taste for is the tongue. Oh, lengua is amazing. Lengua. That's yeah. the one that I was afraid to – you know, you got to try lengua. Who knew? Tongue is yeah. fucking It's probably awesome. one of those things – I'm sure it's delicious, but just the idea of yeah, knowing it's, that it's tongue. Once you eat that it, kind though, of you're you like – Yeah, it's, it's weird at first. I mean, I got into, I got into lengua. Birria, which is goat, is actually really, really good in a burrito. My favorite is chorizo, which is basically like Mex- Mexican sausage. Oh, it is tasty. It is. And their chorizo at this place, Cactus Tacos. I, I've had a lot of chorizo. That's like the, the one I try. I never really tried carne asada. I just try the chorizo at all the different stands, and it's the best chorizo I've had in L.A. 
Sounds. I mean, yeah. I'm it a smells like, fan. But it's weird because you go up there and I bring friends from out of town and they're like, <laughs> it smells like a sewer. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, there's an open sewer next to it, but don't don't <laughs> let that face you. Yeah. You got to try the goat. <laughs> I mean, that almost speaks more for the place that it's sitting next to an open sewer. And every time I go, there's at least a, you know, a somewhat uh, of a line. Yeah. There's definitely people who go there. I mean, it's, uh, that's there's what I like about those regulars. Those taco, those taco trucks are like buck tacos, buck. I mean, so cheap to eat. Yeah. So good. Not exactly. good for you, but. Fuck oh, it. no, of course not. But, I mean, it's the Mexican people. They're hardworking. They burn a lot of calories, working construction, you know, collecting scrap metal, pallets. So I, I Trying to get into this goddamn country, <laughs> huh? Hey, they burn a lot of calories. All right, now you, you want to, uh, let's see. You mentioned, uh, let's see, we got a, uh, talking about illegal immigration. I don't know if you caught any of the uh, Republican I GOP did on the, on the flight back. I, I, caught, uh, I caught a bunch of it. It was hilarious. I just love the way they ask a question. Yes. Like they ask of Perry some question, and somehow he turned it on Romney. But it was beautiful to watch. Oh, like, it is great. How are you going to keep illegal immigrants out of the out of your state? Well, I'll tell you one person who doesn't keep it. And it's just like it's yeah. it's so yeah. funny. The transitions are great, and uh, they always end it Perry. with uh, they always end it with. Uh, and we're going to fix this country, and I'm the one who knows how to do it. Like and that's every single answer is we are going to fix this country, and by we I mean me. Yeah. I love uh, Governor Perry when he said, or I don't even know if he's governor, but Rick Perry, he said, he had that line where he goes, and uh, you know what I think? I'm talking about defunding the entire United Nations. And he, like, perched his eyebrow up, almost (laughs) like the way The Rock does it. (laughs) He's like, I think it's time we have a serious debate about about defunding the United Nations. Which would not happen if he got in office. No, none of this stuff happens (laughs) when anyone gets into office. Barack Obama came in with, like, a tsunami of support, and he hasn't accomplished crap. I mean, he did take out Osama bin Laden, Anwar al-Walaki. I'm, I'm, I'm happy on those things, but I mean, everything else is like— Well, I think, I think I'll say this. Uh, Obama had more uh, legislation in the first 100 days of office than FDR during the New Deal. Yeah. So he accomplished, like, a shit ton, but it's a lot of stuff wasn't reported on. He did a lot of things to help out workers and getting equal pay and— um, and Snooze also, like, around. I know, I know, but it, it is, it's and frustrating. A lot of new credit I, I, card regulations. As of his, yeah, as yeah, of but his that, base. Like the credit card regulations, okay, we're going to have a credit card so they can't charge you fees. And now, oh, what are we going to do? Well, instead we'll charge you $5 for having to check in again. Yeah, they and, close down one loophole and they open yeah, exactly. up another. But hopefully people will realize to actually move their money to credit unions and banks that aren't going to try and screw them. Exactly. Yeah, if you're occupying L.A. or whatever – Great, good for you. But if you're not moving your money to a like a yeah. one, if you're not moving your money, it is it's all for nothing. So if, if you believe in, in this Chase stuff, bank account. like if you give <laughs> a shit, like take your money out of Chase, put your money where your mouth is, put it in put it in a credit union. Well, yeah, they they interviewed this guy who was like, I am outraged at the fact that Bank of America is going to charge me five dollars a month for to use my debit card. Well, then, and then they, they go, well, are you going to change banks? He goes, no, nah, I realized all my online banking's already set up, so. Yeah. That's the <laughs> and thing. I was like, this is me. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like, in the, and I'll tell you, the Chase, it's super convenient. You can take your little photo of your checks with your iPhone. and Right. Bank ATMs. of America ATMs are everywhere. I'm on yeah. board. But you know what I found out? They the gave one, me a mini football the other day. But the one credit union that I want to join, you know their ATMs are? Their ATMs are all the ATMs in 7-Elevens. Oh, wow. Which That's is almost kind of dangerous because every time I go to a 7-Eleven, like, trying to get money, it is not for a wise gamble money. I was actually doing Scott Bowser, a comedian. He's been on the program. He, he has a podcast now, Scotty Mouth Podcast. And I was walk, actually was um, up there uh, where he records his uh, studios in um, North Hollywood somewhere. And I was walking by the North Hollywood police station. And the police station has this 24-hour ATM that's, like, safe and secure. But then you think about it, that's all just drugs and prostitution, right? I mean, anytime you need a 24-hour ATM, anytime you hit up an ATM, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., what legitimate purpose? And I'm just picturing – I need to buy groceries right now. (laughs) I'm just picturing this go-kid – it's secure, man. I'm going to go there. I'm going to do it. I'm going to withdraw. Who cares? They can't – what, I can't get my money? They can't stop me from getting my money. Man. I wanted to uh, I wanted to touch on the debate just for I felt like uh, this was this was a clip that really stood out for me. This is uh, Michelle Bachman. Uh, she and, was uh, just watching. <laughs> I've never seen a train wreck with a mouth before. This this woman's great, but uh, I love her I love her snappy lines. <laughs> 
doesn't stay in Vegas. All right, hold on. I don't know if we What heard. happens Ooh, nice. in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. <laughs> What happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. Nice work, Michelle. Talking about herpes? Um, Yes. She was probably working into some five minutes that she put together for an open mic. (laughs) (laughs) But I I love how, like, any kind of little wordplay like that, uh, yeah, it's almost like if you watch politicians – Left and right. It's almost like they read The Game. If you ever read that book, The Game, uh, it's about the pickup artist, and it gives this whole thing about how... It's about slamming pussy down, bro. (laughs) Exactly. In a nutshell. But it it breaks down how to approach women, approaching them, making eye contact, repeating their name. And it's essentially what politicians do. Like They have the same bag of tricks as a pickup artist. One thing I noticed, and this was weird for me, is like watching a Republican debate, out of all the people who I'm like, the one who seemed least crazy, and this scared the hell out of me, was like, Every once in a while, Ron Paul would say something where I'm like, well, that's not a bad idea. Like, like I don't <laughs> agree with him closing branches of government and just be like, ah, oh, nothing bad is going to happen. But I remember he was the only one who said, like, yeah, we should probably cut defense a little bit. Right. Like, it, it maybe, you know, we have more I'm, I'm defense glad. than every other country combined. Maybe there's a little bit that we can cut. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, he said, we have enough bombs to blow up the world 25 times over. I'm like, yeah, we can cut that down to 19. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, we'll, I think we'll be okay. I mean, we cut that down to 15, you know. Oh, sorry about that. I mean, the great thing about nukes is you probably only need, like, seven. Seven, maybe eight. We don't. We probably don't need 350. I mean, I like the idea that we're making stuff, and we are making nukes just to keep the Chinese on their toes. But maybe there's a pragmatic sense where, hey, maybe we need to cut back a couple. But that's, you know what, that's where China's uh, doing us better. Is like, you know, historically, we've always tried to um, rule the world through military conflict, yeah. where China's just doing it Pure through numbers. economic. Like, yeah. they, they control everything. They just control our currency. Yeah. So we have this kind of this new currency cold war where, like, you're going to raise... Oh, you're going to raise tariffs on our goods? Well, we're going to devalue your currency. And, like, that's the – it's such a smarter way of doing things because it's a hell of a lot less expensive. Yep. Well, the way we kind of run the oil industry around the world, China has been ruling, like, Africa's yeah, resources. Yeah. They've they, been buying up, like, all the land that, you know, has diamonds and – But that's crazy that, that China's uh, putting their eggs all in that, that African basket, which isn't exactly <laughs> the most stable <laughs> – what do you, that's the not the Africa thing. I know, Ron. It's a very stable country. They've gotten things together. Did you not watch Invictus? All right, you, you know I, some I, white rugby players. They're learning. I love even a movie really about race. Wa- the white people are somehow victorious. It's just like, yeah, we got together and decided to cheer for white people. Yay! <laughs> what a bold, what a bold statement about race relations. Finally came around on rooting for white people. I haven't, I haven't watched Invictus. I saw Moneyball though. Moneyball. All right, give us a quick review of Moneyball. You know what? I'm amazed at how interesting they made the non-sports side of baseball. I, I, I actually really, really enjoyed it. I thought uh, Brad Pitt was fantastic. I thought Jonah Hill was uh, great in it. I know a lot of people tend to get annoyed by Jonah Hill. I thought it was fine. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was a, a really entertaining movie. The only part that felt tacked on was, like, the stuff with his daughter. Like, it felt something like, ah, we need him to, to feel like a da- – hey, put the daughter in. Give her a guitar. Make her sing something. <laughs> Film it! Like, it was yeah. no... Like, it just felt like, oh, so she's a little, just... A little heart squeezed in. Yeah, it felt really jammed in. But other than that, I didn't care. I thought it was a great movie. And that Jonah Hill, that's that's funny that you're mentioning it, his new movie, The Babysitter... He lost so much weight. Exactly. But can he still be funny? I like, that's all the internet. I don't know. He lost the weight. Well, can he still be funny? let's take a look at Drew Carey. <laughs> Drew Carey. So, no. Drew Carey. Creepy. He, he does scare people. and it, It's weird. It, yeah, there's a point where if you have a lot, if you have a fat head, Drew Carey has a fat head. We we feel safe with a fat Drew Carey. And there is something, if you're known to people as a fat guy, and then it, it, I think it all depends whether you come off creeper or not, how your head looks. If your yeah. head still looks fat and you kind of have a skinny body, we're okay with it. If your head looks really skinny, then I think that's what starts uh, giving people freaking him out a little bit yeah yeah i agree human guy lost all his weight too oh uh, did he that, yeah and he kind of disappeared after that he was doing well i think it was more he disappeared because of seinfeld oh maybe but i mean he was in he was jurassic in jurassic park, park bro yeah. i mean yeah i mean he had a few nuts. hits under his belt and then he lost weight i saw him do and a, a few part. hot dogs yeah <laughs> i saw him do a bit part in some sitcom well you know what i just saw him actually up at like a cafe in north hollywood i saw newman <laughs> and i think he had gained back the way because i didn't i thought he i was like oh my god that's newman and he, i don't remember him being like super skinny now we were talking about i'm oh, sorry i remember what movie it was 
I just want to mention that the um, Jonah Hill, his babysitter movie, I don't know if you've seen the movie poster, but they have those little tags. Or it's just those like little, um, you know, like when you put out a poster, you write the number horizontally, or no, vertically rather, and then you cut the line so that people can rip them off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like when people are, you know, kids are looking for a lawn mowing, job interview type stuff. That kind of stuff. He actually included his real phone number, and he's gotten over like, 250,000 phone calls supposedly and he's been actually answering it occasionally like he le- he left a voicemail like hey what's up this is Jonah Hill if you're calling about the French lessons leave a message or if you're in for the babysitter hit me up and supposedly he's like answering and like talking to people it's kind that's of kind like of a, fun. yeah i mean that's a that's kind of a good way to promote a movie and then i bet i bet uh they got it somewhere written that like any kind of voicemail messages people leave they can use so i'm sure they're gonna like cut together some little web video of people leaving voicemail for john i'm sure there's crazy people messages that people leave that actually is a really smart marketing like yeah just answer it every once in a while yeah exactly just make someone's day hey you're jonah hill i mean honestly you want to talk about viral campaigning or whatever if let's say i was just some you know 16 year old pothead in ohio and i call it this as opposed to being like a 32 year old (laughs) pothead and so i'm 28 man um (laughs) And, uh, Sitting there wearing your Grateful Dead t-shirt. Hey, they're a great band, man. They're a great <laughs> band. But imagine, like, if you call up this number and you actually talk to Jonah Hill, you're, you're telling everyone you know. You're putting that on Facebook. You're putting that on Twitter. You're telling everyone, oh, my God, Jonah Hill actually talked yeah. to me, blah, blah, blah. It's actually, like, yeah, pretty pretty smart. It's a great, it's a great marketing move. Now, uh, let's see, Ron. We got a big weekend ahead of us. We're heading uh, to your former... Comedy Town, former comedy home, Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. So, uh, what's what's on the agenda for the next two days? Take people through. Well, uh, I I used to do a monthly show out there with uh, comedian Ryan McKee, who now lives in New York. We used to. Can I be honest? It was actually a, a popular show. It's called Modest Proposal Presents. We won the Best of Phoenix New Times uh, Best Intentional Hilarity Award. Nice. And uh, I always miss doing the show, so I wanted to start it up again. But a monthly show, driving. It's a 12-hour round-trip drive. Uh, it's kind of a lot to do every month. So I was like, I'm just going to do it seasonal with my friend Jackie O, um, who she actually runs this uh, magazine called Pool Boy Magazine, okay. which is a, a porno mag for girls <laughs> okay. uh, featuring Whoa. dudes that girls actually want to see naked. So uh, I can hook you up with the copy if you guys want no, one. No, thank you. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote for it, and it's weird. Me, uh, shoot. Now, what, what, uh, what, what, you, what would you write for a male I, uh, I They wanted to interview uh, Kyle Kinane, and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll interview him for you. So I interviewed Kinane, and then they gave, like, they gave us copies, like, you know, hey, here's the interview. Yeah. And so we're, like, flipping through the magazine to try and find the interview, and it's just dicks. Oh. Like, just – I can't tell you – there's so many dicks in that mag. Like, so, ladies, if any of you are into dicks, like, Pool Boy Magazine is a dick mag for you specifically. And I keep a copy of it as an example of, like, my journalistic work. <laughs> so I have it, like, in, in an envelope, like, sealed in my closet. Sure, but, Ron. We're, so you um, wrote an article so you could get one of the magazines yeah. and have an excuse. I mean, I just keep rereading the article because it's so good. Exactly. Uh, but we're going to be going out. We're doing a, a show out there on Friday at a place called Film Bar in downtown Phoenix. That's going to be a, a hodgepodge, uh, kind of like an old cabaret show with like it's going to be burlesque dancers, uh, videos. He's going to be mildly attractive <laughs> burlesque dancers. That's a, that's definitely. I mean, I never. Heard. I'd heard of burlesque, but I'd never – before you come out to L.A., the, the idea of a burlesque show is so foreign. And then you come out and you see a burlesque show and you're like, ah. Every other girl in downtown Phoenix is either in a burlesque troupe or a roller derby. Like, really? Yeah, they're all into that shit. That's bizarre. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get the appeal. What – It's like they, you know, everybody wants attention. Right. This is their way of getting attention without feeling like, uh, you know, yeah, you're, you're, I'm okay. not a stripper. I dance to kitschy French music. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, but little, there's going to be burlesque artsy. and uh, videos. Um, and then, you know, us, we're bringing the comedy heat. I think it'll be really fun. Uh, the girl Jackie, who I'm putting it together with, is super funny. Uh, she makes great videos. So uh, we're going to do that. We're also going to be performing at a place called Monkey Pants on Thursday night and Robbie <laughs> Foxes. Uh, so, yeah, good old, good old Phoenix bar shows. They're actually really fun. I, I really, I'm a big fan of the crowds in Phoenix. Oh, I'm looking forward to just getting drunk and uh, doing some stand-up comedy at a bar, hanging out. Yeah, if anybody wants to come to the show on Friday night, it's uh, 5 bucks at a place called Film Bar on Friday, and the show is called Showhibition. Show-habition. So you could find it on uh, Facebook uh, if you just search for Showhibition. 
and yeah, or, or just go, or Google search. Uh, I think it's filmbar.com, and then that'll bring up all the info for the show. Now I, I, we've done some kind of road work. Uh, basically, oh man, me, me and Sean Green have road dogged it a little, <laughs> a little, uh, a little bit outside of LA. Not. Not completely outside of L.A. Like a half hour. Exactly. Yeah, it, f- it felt like a road gig, though. It didn't feel like every a time, Every time. Last time we did a show together, I broke my goddamn iPhone. <laughs> that's, that's exactly the show I was, I was like, thinking about. We did a show down in uh, South Bay. Oh, a couple um, like friend-of-friend girls came out, watched. It was, it was a weird setup of a show. It was one of those shows where the audience is like 40 feet from you. Yeah. You know, and there's like 10 of them there. And I remember like just making fun of your phone because you had like just the shittiest phone. Right. And I was like, and <laughs> this I was a pretty smart phone for myself. And I was like, walk. I just got my like new iPhone, so I'm like, I whip it out, and I'm like, look at this asshole over here with his his dumb phone. And I like whip out my iPhone, and it just as I whip it out, it shoots out from my hand. <laughs> and we're walking downhill, so like it shoots out in an arc and then falls like even lower than it would have normally because we're walking downhill. And it just fell and just cracked. And I remember going back, and my girlfriend at the time was like, you should have bought in a case like I told you to. And I was like, God, I'm so fucking pissed. What yeah. was Sean's reaction when that happened? I, I was so bummed. I had I was like that for like eight months. I had like, yeah. had like this smashed iPhone screen where you couldn't even see it. Oh, oh, it was man. the worst. And it is – I mean, I was trying not to laugh because Ron was talking. But I totally deserved it. <laughs> like, it was just one of those things like, yeah, I deserve this. Yeah. No, you deserved it. But then also just Ron was so bummed the entire drive home. So you think my phone will be okay? <laughs> I didn't know how to, how do you console a guy with a broken iPhone? And then Ron just kept looking at it and then running over scenarios of like, yeah, you know, I could probably get this fixed or you know, like trying different apps and seeing if they still work with the broken screen. I hate, I hate, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, you just do that and you're like, man, that girl's like 200, 300 bucks or whatever. Yeah. And it just feels like a complete waste. The night was uh, interesting to say the least. We've also... We also did another uh, show in uh, what, what city was that? It was like Orange, California, or um, what show was that? At that coffee. Oh yeah, that coffee. That house. Co- we did a, wine. Uh, that guy just contacted me. He's oh, starting yeah. to do a new show in Anaheim. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That I remember. I always love like it's weird. We always get uh, booked on shows. Whenever you do shows like outside of Los Angeles, which is mainly for a more liberal audience, and you, you go to the OC or whatever, you're doing shows for like ultra right wing. It's really crazy because you kind of see which one of your bits is like, oh, I had no idea this yeah, bit is Yeah, you didn't really think it was kind liberal. of political. Yeah. But it, Sean Green, you handle it. You, you're blue, <laughs> working, working uh, blue, blue collar. collar. Yeah. Right wing. Those exactly. Are, those are oh, people. I've, I've no, uh, I have no uh, problem mixing up with the conservatives. <laughs> I, can, I, can, uh, I can do a couple of anti-Barack Obama jokes. It's this, just is that, talk, this is Mr. Talk Radio over here. Yeah. Right. yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I, I like to think of myself as a potential Rush Limbaugh fillet. But, <laughs> hey, being a giant fat you, guy, you taking do do tons a, of pills. Yeah, sounds, I was going to say. Sounds like, yeah. like, sounds like it could you be. You could probably handle this. It could, you could get a worse I've gig. seen your eating habits. But uh, I, remember, I remember afterwards we did uh, karaoke and just, it, like, rocking oh. out. It, it was it was weird. It was no, like, no, no. You rocked out to yes, karaoke. Like you. <laughs> That's I wanted to bring I've that never up. expected you. Out of all the people I know, there was like there was a guy. Like, We're gonna do karaoke next, and I like turned and it was like karaoke, huh? And I literally looked left and turned to someone like karaoke. Yeah, whatever. Looked right and like Sean was on stage, <laughs> belting out I don't know prophecy of deception or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> like it was uh well it was like they were playing a lot of great. 90s alternative rock and even some like sensitive stuff that I knew like I wish you would say that yeah it was just like, like, my like, friend I have which n- is really like the most depressing song I like the Blink 182 I was yeah. nailing those it was it was a great time the guy gave me a free Java Joe's T-shirt that's still in my regular rotation it was a great gig man looking forward you to got uh, free Java Joe's man I didn't yeah exactly this. well you know I was uh, I just went I, I went through the old closet and finally got rid of a big old I, I made the I made the lady sit down and was like, "We're gonna do a little fashion show, and you're gonna tell me <laughs> what clothes I have that are ridiculous." And so I would just walk out in like a t-shirt, and she goes, "No," and I'm like, "But no, this is done." And I'm like, "I need that because I I can't every every article of clothing that I bought by myself without a woman present is the article of clothing that I ended up donating to Goodwill. Wow. Like I just. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my mom buys me some clothes for Christmas or my birthday, so they're there. 
Then, well, now it, it really sucks. My wardrobe's really limited with the Eagles uh, in the crapper and the Phillies playing like crap. I, I don't feel... Hey, all I, you got is your Grateful Dead yeah, shirt. Grateful still going strong. All I got is Grateful you, Dead and then occasionally some bar T-shirts that I got. Do you know, I have this one shirt that I, I wore. And it was the shirt. It's the only shirt I wore that, uh, like, I go to clubs, like, once a year. So I had one shirt to wear to clubs. <laughs> now, Ron, and it if, was a, if you don't have the visual of Ron Babcock, you are the antithesis of no, a club guy. Yeah, but, but when, you know when you have friends come in too, who want to go to clubs and they're like, oh, yeah, sure. And I don't have a shirt for that, so I had one shirt. And I put it on, and it's from the 70s. It's made out of polyester. It's black with, like, white stitching. And I put it on, and I showed Julia, and she's like, there's something weird about this shirt. Because it has, like, a collar that flies open, and it could be cool. And uh, I then told her, I'm like, it was actually my mom's shirt from, like, the 70s. Like, the buttons are on the other side. So I would wear a woman's shirt to the club, like, it looked kind of cool. Like, if I was a rock star, I could have pulled it off. But I remember just putting it on. I hadn't worn it in, like, two or three years. And I just put it on. I looked at it in the mirror. And I'm like, you look like a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the shirt I would wear to be like, hey, what's your name? Exactly. It's my mom's shirt. <laughs> that does uh, – yeah, I feel like that takes a little bit of the swagger. But if you look at – I mean, look at Mick Jagger. A lot of those clothes yeah, that I he am. wears on stage could definitely be construed as I'm women no clothing. Mick Jagger. No, your hips, they do lie, Ron. Now, you, you, recently, uh, you recently took a trip to Orlando. You, I, with the, uh, you and the girlfriend uh, we went took a to, trip to Disney World. We gated up. We went to Disney World together. Now, to me, oh, I mean, uh, yeah. to me, that sounds like a personal hell. I got to be honest. Like, I, I can't do the amusement parks. I just get it, hot and agitated, and the food sucks. Like, I feel like a cantankerous old man saying, I don't want to go to theme parks, but – Really, I would just rather be in an air-conditioned sports bar with wings and beer. or so, like That, to me, is not a vacation. Walking around. It was exhausting. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. It was really exhausting. We, went, we thought it was going to be like – we thought it was going to be empty, but it was really busy, and it was super hot. And judging from the people who go to theme parks, I'll tell you this. This country, we're in trouble. <laughs> we're in massive amounts what, of trouble. Uh, like, obesity. Just yeah, just like it's like every family just had like I'm like every kid was just a piece of shit. Like <laughs> everyone. And as tall as the kid was, like if he was three, let's say like I don't know what are they, two, three feet tall? That's how wide their parents were. Just giant people. Like I'm like people I've like I've never seen anyone this large before. And they're all in jazzies and they're all scooting around in like wheelchairs and I'm like this That is, is that is the whoa. most depressing thing when you see people who've clearly just eaten themselves into a wheelchair. Yeah. And you're like, No, get out of that wheelchair. Walk, man. Learn to it, walk. But they have this smug content look on their face like oh, oh, they're just great. like holding just a, like just driving with no hands carrying two hot dogs. You know, <laughs> just so happy. I mean it, we the had a great time where they're most at home. We got really lucky with the rides i went with a, a friend of mine had like a little pass that got us on all the, the rides quick so we didn't have to wait in any of the lines like for the whole time That's and pretty uh awesome. yeah so we got to do all the rides which were like the rides are pretty fun and um just giving a heads up to anyone who's interested in going to the wizarding world of harry potter uh harry potter and the forbidden journey oh best <laughs> best ride i've Run, ever you're been a grown on. man Get yeah out of i'm it. a grown man who likes to have fun okay <laughs> I will. I have whiskey. A, I'm not going to apologize for having the heart and wonderment of a child still inside of me. But it is so much fun. I can't tell you how much fun it was. Now, do you have a? Do you get in a fight at all? Because I feel like every time I go on a vacation, yeah, I went, I went to <laughs> Disney World with my girlfriend. What did you think? Yeah, we got a fight. Of course so what's, we did. What's the What's the fight? Is it ride selection? I'm not going to tell about a goddamn fight on a podcast. <laughs> I want to get another fight. <laughs> Oh, we uh, no, but there's what was the disagreement? You know about? what we both learn about ourselves is that uh, <laughs> no, this, sounds, this hey, sounds like post fight uh, spin. Hey, this isn't a fight; hey, it's a learning experience. Hey, hey, you know what, guys? I'm sorry. You know what? We came down with the case of the communication. And, <laughs> no, we, I we both learned this as uh, that we have the tendency to not like. Uh, we both said, said like, you know, like you tell people like, hey, I'm going to be like hungry in about a half hour. <laughs> We would wait until we were really, really hungry. Like, just be, oh. I need to eat now. And um, I like to eat garbage. Right. Uh, it, it, well, I like to eat healthy, but Julie is really good about eating super, super uh, healthy. So she, obviously, when you're at Tough a theme at park, yeah, you want to eat something healthy so you don't, like, feel like crap all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that stuff, like finding salads and stuff like that in Disney World <laughs> theme parks is... You can already hear finding a salad in it's, Disney it's, World. It's difficult. So we learned... 
that uh, <laughs> I don't know why that's we so got funny. we got really good at it because we we would just get I get really irritable when I'm hungry and yes. so does she and so it just was like we were super grumpy and so we just learned to be like okay I'm gonna be hungry in like a half hour and I'm like I want to be hungry in a half hour okay let's not go on this ride instead let's start you know the search for salad and, <laughs> and so we would search and we would find one and it was good because I ate so I've eaten healthier on my vacation. Then I today I had or last night I had four tacos, a horchata, and today I had super nachos with chorizo. Nice. And the last five days I've had salads for like every meal because that's I was like oh, I'm gonna eat the salad and I felt I felt fantastic. I didn't that feel is, tired. That does that does kind of add to the vacation hangover. Not only are you experiencing oh, throwing back into the daily grind. Uh, you're yeah. tired from the vacation. Oh, I have to wake up, go to work. But also, you're just working out all this bad food and booze. You, you that know what? You... you know what I noticed? Those uh, people like there's a people are special kind of assholes at Disney World because we were on this. Um, you know the you know the Epcot, the big golf ball. No. Yeah. Oh the, yeah, the, the Epcot, Epcot Center. Yes. I didn't know that. I I thought I didn't. Seriously, I'm going to show you how much I know. I thought that was Epcot. Like I didn't know there's a whole park around that. Right. That's just a single ride that takes you like through. The spaceship Earth. It's like space all Mountain, about, right? no, it's not Space Mountain. It's like, it's Spaceship Earth. It takes you through like what we've achieved as humans. And so there's this one guy ahead of us. Every single thing he's taking a picture with his iPhone, but we're all in darkness. So like his screen is at full brightness. Oh. Would you imagine like when somebody checks their oh. phone in a movie theater? Like, so this he, guy's he right in front of be. us, and he's using flash photography. <laughs> and like the whole time, we're just going like, bro. Bro, you got to turn down your screen. Like, it just, I'm like, how could you be that selfish where you're, you're thinking, like, I'm going to take this, you're taking a photo of animatronic robots that it's yeah, not even that is... entertaining. Like, no. it's more kitsch and more like, oh, this is kind of fun. A photo of an animatronic robot. The whole enjoyment of it is that he moves and talks, which you can't capture in a photo. Yeah, and the guy, and the guy, and then he, like, scurried off at the end of the ride. I'm like, who's going to want to look at these photos? These are the dumbest. I think <laughs> I, I used to work. Literally on Hollywood Boulevard, right there, right in the heart of Hollywood, where the Walk of Fame is. You poured the you you did the asphalt for the streets. You no, worked, no, no, no. Uh, this I, this was my brief uh, dalliance in the white collar world, and I would come out there. I'd walk around trying to find uh, some hearty grub for uh, a lunch, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Ron. What, do they serve buckets of chili where you went that you yeah. ate with a spoon? Get, get some chow, man, on my lunch break because the man's holding me down. Ron, this flag was up here pre-9-11. Now, I'd like – we moved in in March, but still. The, it's an American flag on the wall. What? Obviously. Right? Okay, well, obviously it's an American flag, doing right? it for the listeners right, Ron, at home. I'm a patriot. I'm a podcaster. Those are my two passions. Oh, you got them going, Ron. Now – I this used to drive me crazy because uh, in the summer, especially tourist season, would go crazy. Yeah. People obviously okay, fine, that's part of it. I get it. What would drive me insane is that people would be filming everything, walking up and down the street, filming Ugh. everything. People would film the Walk of Fame, so the stars that have the <laughs> the stars' names, they would zoom in with their lens and then just hold it there for one minute and just and then just move on to the next star, film that, move on to the next star, and it would just drive me crazy because I'm trying to walk to and from work, you know, to get yeah. back on time from lunch break, and just these crowd of people filming cement. What purpose does that cause? Uh, who watches these videos? Obviously, okay, take a picture. Not a camera. Take a picture. No, well, see, take bro, a picture gonna, with your family, not of an inanimate gonna, object that you can Google. They're going to edit that over some sweet, <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, what was that, guys? I Love L.A.? Was that Randy Newman? Yeah. Like, you know, like, I love <laughs> L.A. Which is actually a song about how much he hates L.A. It's ironic. It's ironic, which is well, totally, that's, that's totally so LA. L.A. That's totes L.A., guys. Totes my goats. Totes the, the, city of Oh, and then just, oh, for, uh, yeah. I mean, I... I've done uh, – I don't know. I think I might have done a hostel show with you before, but they have youth hostels in Hollywood. I don't know if you ever done yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, still do them. So yeah, I, did, I, I did love one. that show. Yeah, they're usually kind of fun. I mean they're – the crowds are like well, the crowds, interesting. The crowds are from all around the world, so you like – you learn real quick which one of your jokes is uh, – U.S. specific. Right. <laughs> and then I a lot of times I could just get sucked into like – Okay, do you guys know what this is? And, and yeah, you start doing... asking weird stuff like, "You guys got lawnmowers, right?" Like, you like, <laughs> right? Yeah, you, of course, you, they got you kind of totally lose base. But I was at um, I was at one of these uh, hostel shows. And what, Jesus Christ, what was my anecdote? <laughs> I totally got lost in uh, in just thinking of 
of doing these hostel shows. But yeah, it's it's always a um, oh no, sorry. So I, I recently did one of these, and I spent a good chunk just going around, going to people. This is not America. What you see, these bums, because if you've actually ever been to Hollywood, it is a grimy, gross place, lots of bums, it, and it's gotten way better. It's not it's like a nice... so much better than what it used to if be. If you want to walk around L.A., or if you want to go to like a touristy place, I think the worst, hands down, is the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Like That's the worst tourist destination. That's probably one of the worst places to hang out that someone would actually go and hang out at. Well, I mean, it depends on, like, if your goal is to see celebrities, yeah, they're not going to be on or the Walk of Fame. Or just a nice neighborhood, or the ocean, or Malibu. Like, I feel like there's so much more. That, I just had a friend, in, uh, a friend in town from out of the country, and, you know, I took her around Los Angeles. And it's a difficult town. Los Angeles, it isn't like New York, where you could get dropped off in New York and just be like, feel the energy and the passion of New York and yeah. you could stumble upon weird restaurants and you know all of a sudden you you walk by and you're like oh, crap look at this museum like you just you stumble upon things where in LA it's much more destination specific where and it's it's more difficult to do without a car cuz it's so spread out exactly. and it, it, I think LA excels when it comes to nature type stuff but how many people come to Los Angeles to hike our, you know, dozens of canyons? Yeah, that, I mean, that's when... And when that's, people... like, one of my favorite parts about Los Angeles is that we have all this stuff that's, like, you know, 15 minutes from my house that's like, feels like you're in the middle of a forest, kind of. Yeah, yeah no, I mean... To, you go to Santa Monica, which is even... I mean, it's probably worse than Hollywood as far as the like homeless. Like, Venice oh, is well, just... the homeless, but at least you have the promenade. At least that's yeah. kind of nice. At least you have the... You have the pier. You have yeah. the Venice and Beach. Venice Boardwalk's the same thing. It's like... Weird guys with giant snakes around them. <laughs> I just saw a guy like that on the way here. I just walked by past a d- with a dude with in a- our neighborhood. Uh, no, he was. Da- I was walking to my car in, in Hollywood, and it was the guy with the snake. Like, which I'm like, this can't be fun for the snake. <laughs> like, is the, Imagine- the snake isn't like, oh man, I hope I hope he wraps me around, you know, neck, and then we could go biking together. Like, the snake just wants to sit in his little cage and gets fed mice and just... Like, snake, yeah, it has... Snakes to... don't move a lot. They just no, like to chill. They're cold-blooded reptiles. They like maybe a warm rock to sun on to raise their body temperature and unhinging their jaw to swallow mice. And they yeah. get none of that. Yeah. And then imagine... They're just wrapping around his neck because they're like, dear God, I don't want to fall. I'm constantly moving. Like, this can't, I can't be comfortable. Or just hoping, hey, maybe this guy's gonna not pay attention for a while and I can strangle him to death and eat him. Yeah. Like, and, and imagine just being teased. Like, that. imagine walking around Hollywood. It's hot. You don't want to be hot. And you just have a steak and you're starving. A steak just duct taped to your head, essentially. It's Are right there. snake or steak? Steak. Steak. Because oh. you're a human being and you eat steak. <laughs> but I mean, it's something you really want to eat. He wants to eat the human. I just don't understand, like, how many bad decisions you've had to make you've had to make in your life just to be like, this is what's going to get me attention. <laughs> like, no, this is what's going to turn it around. This is, this is me. This is who I I'll am. I'll be the snake guy. <laughs> yeah, it's always someone they who... They said I wouldn't accomplish anything. Always someone who identifies way too much with the snake. Oh, yeah, the snake. No one, no, everyone's scared of the snake. My, no one wants to hang out with the snake. That's just like me, man. It's my ooh, spirit ooh, animal. Herbie you can't did. even, like, what if you need to get some water? You can't go into a, a corner store with a snake. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just so inconvenient. It's, it's, it's severely impractical. And it's not like you're carrying the snake to something. You're not, oh, we got to take the snake to my job. Like, you, it's just you're bringing it out just to have on you. Yeah, you don't, you're not walking the snake. It's not like the snake needs exercise. Like, it's, the only exercise it's going to get is possibly strangle you. It doesn't need to go uh, hang out in the snake park where you let it loose. Yeah, and play yeah. With other snakes. Just <laughs> play with other snakes. Yeah, I'm thinking of my uh, dog, Buddy. All right, now let's see here. I uh, you're talking about driving around. Obviously, in LA, it's a, it's important to have a designated driver. This guy found a uh, kind of found a unique unique solution to having a designated driver. This is uh, from the AP. Take a listen. And out steps this young girl. Inside, the passenger says she's his daughter and, quote, designated driver. The man goes on to buy his daughter a snack, the whole time bragging about his, quote, chauffeur. Soon after the two leave the gas station just before 3 a.m., 911 dispatchers receive this call from someone driving behind the van. Is the vehicle staying on the road? She's driving pretty good. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I, 
I can't believe it. When police pulled the van over, they say the girl was sitting behind the wheel in a child's booster seat. Oh, she asked man. why they were being stopped, How'd saying, quote, I was driving good. <laughs> the father refused a breathalyzer test. He was charged with second and fourth degree child abuse wait, wait. two days. He said, he said yeah, uh, I like how she said I was driving good, and the policeman then said, you were driving well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Corrected her grammar. I... I mean, I get it, but I'm like, the kid was driving okay. I mean, right. like, like, I got to hand it to the kid. Yeah, I mean, every – obviously the same thing is, okay, this guy is endangering his kids. But I, they, I watched the footage. The kid pulled right up to the gas pump, par- put it in park. The dad's obviously bragging. And think about this. Sure, it's easy to write off this father. Oh, he's an alcoholic. He's a crappy dad. Imagine – I mean, it takes a lot of time spent – to teach your kid how to drive. Now, I know my mom tried to teach me how to drive, and it went really bad, and she freaked out. I still remember I accidentally drove through a red light, and my mom just goes, Stop! Stop the freaking car! Pull over! And that was the end of mom teaching me how to drive. <laughs> my dad would teach me how to drive, and he would um, he would do it like he would just – he would impose scenarios on me constantly. Like, uh, I'd be driving. He's like, uh, lower the passenger side window now without using the passenger windows. Like, just weird scenarios that would never come up. Like, what if that was an emergency? You have to stay far. Like these weird ninjas. He got, he got really into it. But it, it takes a lot of time. And who knows? If this was a stick shift, that's another five, six I hours. Know, it of, can't be a stick no, shift. Obviously, it's a, it's a three on the tree. But... Imagine the quality time spent with this kid. I mean, uh, listen. Yeah, the guy did something wrong, but he could have did something even more wrong by driving drunk. Right. I mean, and he's not d- going to put that. I mean, I-, I would say I'd much rather have the nine-year-old drive than have a drunk guy out on the road. Exactly. I mean, I'll, I'll go off and say that. You, you tell me that a drunk guy, drunk off. You tell me a guy so drunk that he let his kid drive. You want that guy operating a vehicle? <laughs> no. No? No, not at all. It was bragging. He found a designated driver. Someone's got to be the adult in that relationship, and the nine-year-old stepped up. And we, we just assumed the kid hadn't been drinking. Maybe she just had one to ease the tension. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a little fermented <laughs> apple juice. I just love the kid. Like, why, why, why are you pulling me over? Why are you giving me shit? That's yeah. so great. <laughs> I drive good. I drive good, right, Daddy? <laughs> you drive very good. Now this is this is how strippers are born. This uh, as sad as it sounds. Well, I is... feel like I've heard stories of that, like from people, like not my parents, but like friends of my parents. Are like, yeah, I used to drive my dad to the store when I was nine. Like, used to be able to get away with stuff like that. Exactly. I mean. Especially in rural areas, there used to there be was less people. You know, <clears throat> yeah, there used to be allowances. Okay, you uh, in some in uh, some states I know back in the day they used to have it so you could get your license at like twelve or thirteen, so you could operate the trailer like a tractor trailer or whatever yeah, yeah. for like farm equipment or stuff the like riding that. Riding lawnmower or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, nine sounds a little young, but this is just a high operating nine year old. I mean, I just wonder how her feet touch the pedals. That's what I'm trying that to logistically. Out. She like, was you're on, on a booster seat. Yeah, yeah, that is kind of a – uh, you, you, if you're on a booster seat, you feel like that's got to be tough to uh, – yeah, I just figure like if you're an alcoholic, I figure like, man, don't you got a better stash at home of booze? <laughs> like you, you run across this problem where you at least have like a bottle of liquor like, you know, come on, Dad. Get your shit Well, that's, that was like the uh, 911 call where a guy called hammered out of his mind and called 911 to get a ride to the liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> Did and he get in uh, trouble he, for that? Oh yeah, he got in trouble for uh, you, you know using fake, uh, or, I don't know, false report of nine eleven waste of government services. Yeah, you know, so what, what does that give you? A fine? Exactly. And is this guy going to pay that fine? What are the odds? We'll never see that money. He's one of those one percenters, though. Maybe he'll maybe he'll pay it off. <laughs> he sounds like uh, sounds like one of those guys. All right, now Ron, I know you're I know you're big in the hip hop world. You know it, bro. So I I mean, this is probably old news for you, but. Uh, the homie Soldier Boy got arrested. I don't know if you caught this. Oh, yeah. He does that one song that rhymes. Yep. Make him woo. Oh, that he one? He and four others are accused of possessing and distributing marijuana as they drove down I-20 in Temple, Georgia at 3 o'clock this morning. Everybody makes bad judgments from time to time. This is this is the... Who's that talking? That this talking? is uh, the sheriff or the guy who arrested him. And... You expect, like, okay, white sheriff from Georgia, he's going to be super racist, super condescending. Listen to how understanding this guy is. I think this was an issue of bad judgment. Like I said, I I go back, and I've never, I don't follow R&B, I don't follow rap. (laughs) 
And when I found out who he was, I pulled him up. He's a very talented kid. Temple Police Chief Timothy <laughs> Shaw oh says this Cadillac Escalade reeked of marijuana when the SUV was pulled over for a tag light violation. Police say the men had more than $40,000 in cash and three handguns on them. The chief tells me the entire episode is a travesty. It bothers me that a 21-year-old with this talent, this ability to get out and touch other youth, <laughs> can risk it uh, doing something like this. It, it really bothers Whoa, me, and I, and so I wish the best for him and the rest of the guys with it. That, that, this is like the most understanding police guy ever. Oh, you know, it's, bad. it's just a simple misunderstanding, making bad choices. I, he had forty thousand dollars, multiple guns. Guns kill people. Am I, I crazy? I definitely expected him to come up to the car and be like, "Well, look at what we got here. Looks right. like yeah. we got one of you rap stars." Well, he says he didn't know who he was, but he was a, a black guy in an Escalade that they pulled over for having a. Tag light? Tag light, which is basically that little light next to your license plate that's supposed to light up your tag registration. The registration might have been right, but the, the fact that that little bulb is out, come on. He, he really got pulled over for DWB, driving while black. But I love how the guys are, hey, you know, hey, everyone makes mistakes. <laughs> like, I mean, this isn't. This isn't like stealing a, a candy bar. This is forty grand in handguns. Well, it's not a crime to have forty grand in cash. I didn't see. I didn't. Yeah, know it about just the implies a lot of shenanigans. Not a crime to have handguns either, as long as they're legally registered. Right. Yeah. Maybe he's. <laughs> maybe he's protecting. Oh, the- hey. Hey. Guess what? I I know you. You're uh, on the old conservative right side, and you're talking old liberal run over here. Exactly. Guess who likes guns now? Really? Bam! Rick- this guy. <laughs> Thumbs are pointing to my face. I, I feel uh, like you're the only guy, you're the only gun nut who goes, guess who likes guns? I <laughs> this guy. Damn. I, I put, hey, gun people, I get it. I get because I've been uh, going down to the L.A. Gun Club. It's a place, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you go you go shoot, and uh, I don't want to own a gun. I don't want it in my home, but I get it. It is so fun. Really? <laughs> yeah, I shot a uh, uh, Sega. It's a equivalent to an AK-47. <laughs> I shot a, uh, I think it's a, a Rossi. It's the same gun that John Wayne had, and all his old, uh, all his old, uh, you know, cowboy flicks where you, you load in the bullets from the side, you pump it from the bottom. Uh, did, yeah, did like a nine millimeter Beretta. I gun people, I get what you guys are saying. It's so fun. You got to start watching Top Shot with us. Yeah, Top Shot. Top Shot's a good time. I've seen oh, Top yeah, Shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, admittedly, I've fallen off a little bit on my Top Shot. I feel bad that I. it's the one reality show I was into, and it's not really a reality show. It's an all-out marksman competition. More of a way of life, really. Dude, <laughs> yeah. Top Shot is is great. You got the ultra slow-mo 3D cameras, yeah, yeah, yeah. different stuff exploding. The host with super white teeth getting really excited about everything. <laughs> oh, did I? you know what happened when I was uh, shooting the um, the equivalent to like the AK-47? I was lining up because, like, I'm ba- I'm shit with handguns, but I'm pretty decent with a rifle. And like, we had the five. You really are a gun. We had the five targets, you know. So you get the target, you get the five in one. And I was shooting it, and there's a guy behind me. After I was done with my my uh, my uh, magazine, my clip of ten, he just went ooh. <laughs> <laughs> nice shooting, Tex. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, I just got called Tex. I'm a winner. Like, no. Are you? Are you? You're, and you're 100 percent sure there was no. He wasn't. He wasn't messing with you, Ronald. No, no, no. He was. I mean, I had uh, nailed the target pretty, pretty tight. <laughs> if I ever get attacked by paper targets, guys, they're going down. Look out! They're going downtown. Well, Ron, time flew, man. Uh, Is it already thing- done? Yeah, We're done. Do we? Uh, did we get anything accomplished? I felt like we did. We got some podcasts and going. Yeah, There's a couple of things in there. <laughs> way, to, way to sell the shows as we're finishing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. If people get to this point, they're already on board. They, they enjoy the wild ride that is uh, Ron Babcock. Now, Logan, you want, to, uh, oh, yeah. you want to recap things with your haiku? Let's do it. <laughs> Sorry, you freaking gun nut. You can't enjoy poetry. What the hell? Prideful iPhone smash Dating advice By winners Nice shooting there, Tex That felt good That's good Nice work, Logan That was beautiful That really got the whole episode, too It did It's a uh, great way to recap the stories You gotta use the haikus It's just the description for the episode in iTunes, you know That's, maybe we'll start doing that I I like that, Mm. uh, I like that suggestion, Ron now, Ron, where can, where can people get Ron Babcock? Where can you uh, HeyRonBlog.com. I put up stuff every day. People seem to like it, so I'm going to keep doing it. If you guys want to see some great 
photos from my vacation to Disney World <laughs> along with a lot of snarky comments. Oh, he is Heyronblog.com. He is putting go. people in their place. All right, I'm going to – got a couple of stand-up comedy shows coming up here. The Comedy Garage is at UCB for our Monster Mash Halloween special October 24th at 11 o'clock. Comedy Garage is blown up. You know it, man. And uh, I'm at the Comedy Palace October 27th here in Los Feliz. And for the East Coasters, I'm playing Seal Sacks in Bethlehem December 22nd. Make sure you get the pre-sale tickets. SeanTGreen.com. Don't remember uh, tomorrow, Film Bar, Phoenix. Exactly. Tomorrow, Friday. Doors open at 9. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for... Tune in to the green room. We do it live here every week on shantygreen.com. Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Make sure to check out Sean's stand-up comedy CD, The Whiskey Dick, on iTunes. And follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show. Also check out thecomedygaragemovie.com.